Welcome to the AccuSmile Podcast, where it's my mission to help new practitioners of Chinese medicine navigate from school to career. I'm Stacy. I'm an acupuncturist and herbalist, podcaster, coach, and creator of Magical Networks. Be sure to check out all four pillars of the podcast where I cover case studies to sharpen your clinical skills, mindset Mondays to support your mental health, new practitioner interviews to prove that you are not alone, and all things business from launching your practice to negotiating your pay if you choose to be an employee. This podcast is made possible by our sponsors. So if you would like to support the podcast, be sure to check out the sponsors page on the website to claim your special AccuSprout offers. When I first started my practice, I was actually kind of a disaster when it came to my books. I hired an accountant who actually laundered money from another client. So I went on a quest to find a bookkeeper who really tailors to and loves working with acupuncturists. And I found Sarah at Horizon West Bookkeeping, and I'm feeling pretty fortunate. Sarah offers acupuncturists and the AccuSprout community a couple different packages so that she can meet you where you are. If you're new to practice, she can come in and do what's called a QuickBooks startup package for you, where you get pretty deep discounts on QuickBooks for about four months. She sets up your chart of accounts, assists with linking your bank accounts, makes sure that all the transactions are imported, and then teaches you how to use it with two hours of one-on-one training. It's a killer deal. She also offers cleanup packages and catch-up packages. Not catch-up packages, guys. Catch-up packages. And a monthly package, which is what I use. And I find it quite affordable and so, so, so worth it because, honestly, I never, since the beginning, have been able to keep up with my bookkeeping. You can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with Sarah to make sure that you guys are the right fit for each other. And you can do that at horizonwestbookkeeping.com forward slash AccuSprout or look for the link in the show notes. Today's episode is also sponsored by Jane, an all-in-one practice management software with helpful features to power your acupuncture practice. Jane offers flexible scheduling options that match the way you work. You have the option of offering one-on-one online sessions for initial consults, meeting in person, and scheduling staggered appointments to accommodate treating patients across different treatment rooms. Jane has you covered. Keep the relaxation going with a seamless checkout experience using Jane's PCI-compliant payment solution, Jane Payments. You can collect patient credit cards securely through your intake form or at the time of booking with an online booking payment policy. This can also help reduce no-shows in your practice. It's a win-win. And Jane's unlimited SMS and email reminders can be sent automatically before each appointment as an extra layer of no-show protection. To learn more about how Jane's helpful features can help you power your acupuncture practice, head to jane.app to book a one-on-one demo with a member of their team. Or if you're ready to get started, head on over to accusprout.com forward slash Jane. And remember to use the code accusprout1mo at the time of sign up to get a one-month grace period applied to your new account. Welcome to the AccuSprout Podcast, where it's my mission to create a supportive community for new practitioners of Chinese medicine, while I give you the information and inspiration to help you grow towards your vision of success in your first couple years of practice. This is Stacey Whitcomb, and I am your host. Hey, 
Hey guys, welcome back to the Aki Sprout Podcast. Today's episode is another interview with a newer practitioner, Heidi Markland of Ancient Spring Acupuncture. And let's see here, Heidi and I met a couple of years ago, I think a couple of years ago, when she was very first starting. I did a presentation and I think she was my audience of one because that's what happens when you start new things. So today we're going to talk about her journey and challenges and systems and all things that are important to new practitioners. And hopefully you will find some inspiration in our conversation. So welcome to the show, Heidi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. I know sometimes this can be a little nerve wracking to be on a podcast and talk about all your stuff. So I really appreciate you showing up for the community. It's really kind. Yeah, anything I can share. I know it's nerve wracking becoming a new practitioner. So I was so thankful when I found your podcast for brand new practitioners. It was so helpful and kind of gave me that kick in the butt. Like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, good. So I think you were my audience of one because you came to a presentation that I did, a little webinar that I did for another, I want to say company. We'll just say company for now. Were you the only one there? I think so, but it was amazing. So it was um, on circle, I believe. And yeah, I got all of your attention. So it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty funny. And that's just, I was thinking about that earlier and I was just thinking, well, that's just, do I say that? Because I think it's kind of funny and embarrassing that I only had one person in my audience. But the truth is like, that's just new. That's just what happens when you're new at stuff and you just get out there and practice and make connections. And now look, I've got you on my Mm -hmm. podcast. So it's awesome. Well, I was in a class the other day with someone who was very well known and I think two of us showed up. So it happens, I guess. Sometimes people want to watch these things after the fact and don't have time to sit in on it. So True, true, true. Okay, so how long ago was that? When did you graduate and start your practice? It was actually only a year ago, if you can believe that. I know it feels like longer, but it was about a year ago because I only graduated April 2021 and moved to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, May. And I think I got in contact with you pretty quickly after that. Yeah. Okay. So let's see here. Where did you, where did you move from? Where did you graduate from? So I grew up and graduated in Texas. So I went to American College of Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine in Houston. Okay. Very good. And then what, what drove you to head to Coeur d'Alene? I know it was a huge move. Well, my husband is from British Columbia Canada. And so his family, we're trying to get closer to his family because his parents are getting older and we had lived near my family most of our marriage. And so we would usually fly to Spokane and then rent a car there and drive up. And we would always come through Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And so about two years through schooling, we were, we knew we weren't going to stay in Texas. My husband hates the heat. And so we were thinking, we were trying to decide where I might start a practice and I just called every acupuncturist in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho to see if I could talk to anyone and see what's the market like. Do you like it there? And I had one person answer the phone and she's one of the nicest people I've ever met and just stayed in contact with her and it went from there. Fantastic. 
So I, I was going to ask you how you felt about winter, but I guess since you, since he's from BC, then you actually know winter. I mean, I had, I had visited his family during winter, but it's always nice vacation. And then you get to go home to the warmth. <laughs> so yes, Coeur d'Alene is a kind of a brutal winter, wasn't yeah. it? Everybody, the scary thing is everyone said it's mild. It was a mild winter and <laughs> it was frigid to me. <laughs> yeah. And lots yeah. Of okay. So graduated, relocated to a new town. You have one good connection. How did it go? it was still a little lonely starting out. I felt like I had her, but we weren't that close. I had only actually, we came up here to vacation the August before my graduation to meet face to face and see the office that she's in and everything. But she's, she's very extroverted. She has lots of friends, very busy, has two little kids. So it was a little bit lonelier than I thought it would be. I thought I would get more time with her and um, really she's super busy. She runs a practice. She has two kids. So I found myself a little bit down at first, lonely, feeling like I got to meet people other than when. (laughs) So are you an introvert? Would you say that you're introverted then? Absolutely. Yes. I'm shy and introverted. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So how did you, oh, and wait, let's back up for a second too, because did now, did you lease space from her? Yeah. So I had asked her kind of the area, like, where do you think I should open a new shop? And she told me some places, but then she did put, oh, by the way, if you're interested, I only work my shop three days a week and you are welcome to share the space with me. That's amazing. And once I saw it, it's just beautiful. It's in downtown on the second floor overlooking Sherman Avenue, which is the main street that they have farmer's markets on. Big, airy windows and... It's in the old city hall, so just nice old building. And um, it's kind of low risk because she had everything set up. I just bought needles and herbs and I showed up. That is amazing. Yeah, that is so good. And it was a huge blessing. Now, did she refer people to you too? Did she have overflow? She did a few times. She has. That doesn't always mean the patient is going to do it. She's had some times where she referred and for whatever reason, I never heard from them. I have treated some of her patients while she's been on vacation, but then they go back to her type thing. So honestly, not as much as I would have liked, Um, especially she doesn't do herbs. She strictly does acupuncture. So I thought I might get more patients that wanted herbs that would her patients, but they would come to me for like an herb consultation. Right. That's probably only going to happen if she's educating them on the benefits of herbs, which she doesn't really have an incentive to, really. You know That's what I mean? true. I mean, she has started taking my herbs herself. So like she's kind of my patient for herbs. And so and she felt great on it. So I feel like maybe she would, she kind of has that now. Go. Like, oh, yes. They're helping me. Exactly. Exactly. Good. Cool. So what did you do then? If you're introverted and you don't know a lot of people and you're new to town, how did you, how did you advertise? How did you get patients in? There for a while, I went down kind of a rabbit hole of SEO, the search engine optimization. Okay. Because I felt like, okay, I do want a good website. I want to eventually get on the first page of Google. But I also really pushed myself after listening to some of your podcasts to go and meet people. So I would go, being in downtown, there's lots of shops to go visit. Yes. 
So I would go visit other shops and hand my cards out. I went to all the local natural food stores. There's some really good ones here in Coeur d'Alene. Anywhere I could stick my card up on a little pegboard, I would do that. And just and then the biggest thing was I met, I called a yoga studio because I thought, okay, I love yoga. I feel like people that do yoga are interested in acupuncture, something I could do that I love and also meet people. And the lady I talked to was so nice. I found people are so nice here. And she was very interested in me to the fact where she was like, well, what do you do? Like, are you new to town? What, why are you here? (laughs) Who does that? Most people are just like, oh yeah, come to my yoga studio, check it out. But I said, well, I'm an acupuncturist and she got all excited and she was like, well, you might be more interested in Qigong. My husband does Qigong every Wednesday in the park. And so that was a huge deal. I mean, that was, I felt like I finally met some people and they were like-minded. Unfortunately, they were so like-minded that they already had acupuncturists. Like everyone I met, they're like, oh yeah, I go to (laughs) so-and-so. But it's still like I got into the community and I was meeting people and that was kind of building my confidence. And so there will always be, I have to jump on like the teacher saying right now, like there will always be somebody else. There will always be another, well, not always, but 98% of the time, there's going to be another acupuncturist or another, unless you're so rural or whatever, like special, but typically there's going to be always be another. But that definitely doesn't mean that you don't, and I'm glad that you stuck around, like that you stay because there's no you, there's no two yous. And just because somebody's seeing an acupuncturist doesn't mean that once they get to know you, that they might want to come see you. Mm -hmm. Like that's never walk away from a situation, especially if you really feel good in the community because there's another acupuncturist there. Because that sometimes too can open up for collaboration. With the other acupuncturists. So you can do some fun stuff if you have to feel those waters a little bit. But Mm -hmm. anyway, so did you continue down that pathway and do some Qigong and yoga with that, with those people? Yeah, absolutely. Because I just, they were just such kind people. And so, yeah, I just started showing up because I know one of your podcasts was like, just show up, show up for people, keep showing up. And so even though I was a little disappointed that all these people had an acupuncturist already, I was like, you know what? I like Qigong. I like this group. We're outside in the park. And so I started going every Wednesday consistently, like hardly ever missed. And more and more people I got to know. And I did end up getting some patients from that. I have one of my first very loyal patients. It's just crazy how it happened. So apparently the way the Qigong group started was by an acupuncturist slash herbalist. And he, I actually was starting to want to collaborate with him. When I first got here, I called him and we had been texting back and forth, trying to set up a meeting time. And then up and he just up and moved to Oregon. He got some position for integrative medicine and moved. And so the good thing was I, I actually met a lot of his patients and then all all of a sudden they lost their acupuncturist, unfortunately. But so one of my first loyal patients that I still have today is from the Qigong group. And um, now her husband is coming to me. It's just all (laughs) amazing. Yeah. 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 I found that your best, and I've talked about this a lot, like get out there and do stuff. I remember that's what we talked about the most actually, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Because I was like, what can you do? 
And didn't we talk about pickleball? And yes, like, and I did that too. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Like do fun things, do things that like your heart and your body and your mind are engaged in, not just for business, but for you and for meeting people. And because you show up with your full personality and not your business personality when you do mm-hmm. those things. So tell me about pickleball. How did pickleball go? Oh, it was good. I need to get back out there now that the weather's getting nice because I absolutely love it. And I love older people like I just do. (laughs) My heart is with older people. And the pickleball community tends to be older. And so it actually, that was a weird situation too. Having this only working three days a week and then things were super slow. Like I got here in the middle of summer and it was just dead. Like I don't think I got a single phone call in August. And so but I when thought, did you well, start your business? When did you start your I practice? I started in June. Okay. And did you, well, how long did it take before you had a patient? I think I did have one patient in June. Good. <laughs> and Good. then a couple in, in July, but then Good. August was silence. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought, oh my gosh. And I got on care.com because I thought, how can I meet some older people? Because that's who I want to serve. And um, I found an opportunity to help with an elderly mother and it was, it was perfect. Her daughter literally said, I just want you to take my mom and play pickleball and then maybe take her for tea or coffee and just hang out with her. (laughs) And so I thought, oh my gosh, like saying my thank you prayers, how could it be any better than this? I just get to go (laughs) play pickleball. And it, so she, her daughter set it up so that her mom was teaching me pickleball. And um, then I got to meet all these other amazing people. So tell me what care.com is. Tell me about this. It's just, you've probably seen commercials for it. It's people like me that are looking for some sort of part-time work. You go out there, they do a background check. You pay only, it's something like a dollar or something to have a background check done. And you put your profile out there and you say what days you're available. And then people who have someone, I think it works for daycare also, but I specifically said I want to work with older people. It's usually their children or someone that would be their caretaker that's looking for someone to come take them off their hands for a little bit or spend time with them. And they just kind of contact you and you agree on a price and go from there. And so... Did you do this a lot or did, was this like, uh, was this a good form of income, a little bit of income or tell me what you, what benefit you got from it besides learning how to play pickleball? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of took the stress off of like, oh, I'm not, I don't have any patience right now. So it took that stress off. It paid well, like $20 an hour, I think is what we agreed on. And I was doing that on my off days. So Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. I would go and pick her up and it was kind of however long I could entertain her for <laughs> before she wanted to go home. Yeah. So that's it worked. very cool because it filled your, it filled your bucket, it filled your heart because it was something that you wanted to do. And I want to talk about this in a minute about your, you chose a niche sort of, yeah. right? I want to talk about that in a minute, but I really want to circle back to the yoga and the Qigong because I have some things that I want to share about that. Like you chose yoga and Qigong because those people have a tendency to be more embracing of alternative health healthcare. Yes. Yes. And I, I've, I've done the same thing. That is how I turned around. And after the pandemic, did a relaunch with my own practice 
headed straight for creating my yoga community or becoming a part of a yoga community as well, because it's rich with individuals who are interested in our medicine and not only interested in our medicine, but also interested in the philosophy, the East Asian philosophy of our medicine and and they're curious. So I, I want to throw this out there simply because it's an easy little piece of information of marketing stuff that people can do. I recently put on a changing with the seasons or how to, how to how to how to boost your health with the changing seasons. I can't remember what I titled it, but I did a yin yoga collaboration. So with and we did a two hour or one and a half hour workshop where I talked about transitioning into spring and what they people needed to be aware of and foods to eat and breathing exercises and qigong and I even taught some acupressure points and I created an ebook for them with all of the the Taoist philosophy and the points so they could have a visual. And I utilized that as a, a lead magnet on my website as well so that I could collect email addresses. But that's something that you can do. Like that that yoga, yoga communities are are ripe with opportunity to build community around your practice. Mm-hmm. So I just want to throw that out there. So good job with that's that. Awesome. That gave me chills. Like <laughs> So, yeah, because people are so interested in mm-hmm. the seasons and they're like, oh, I didn't realize that there's different seasons. We should be doing different things. Mm-hmm. They're super interested in it. So that's really cool. Yeah. Some really great things that you could do. Like you can teach breathing exercises. You can teach like I made them juha and gochiza tea. Mm-hmm. Like so when they left, they got their own little tea and just like make it as engage every sense that you possibly can. I took the dots. I don't know if you learned the points with dots, uh, Mm -hmm. but at Ocom, there were dots. There's dots everywhere in the bathrooms. There's dots everywhere. And so I took some dots and I, we took some time at the very beginning and we put dots on all the points that I was going to talk about during the, during the whole yoga session. And then she would just put them in a yoga pose and I would talk about whatever, talk about liver and wind and Mm-hmm. liver cheese stagnation and or about the point that was specifically like I wanted them to activate a certain point and they would find the dot mm-hmm. and anyway yeah you can do and then now I've got it teed up like now I know how to put it together and deliver it and I can do it four or five times a year right like every yeah. time there's a season change so and that keeps you putting your face in front of those people over and over again and building those relationships so mm-hmm. There's a lot of things you can do with the yoga community. I think it's a really great place to go to if it if it speaks to you, obviously. Yeah. So so yeah. So good job. That's awesome. So let's let's shift a little bit and talk about uh, something that we talked about originally when we talked a year ago was that you were interested in this geriatric community. And I got so excited about that because <laughs> what nobody very few people talk about that. Everyone's talks about fertility and this and that. I'm like, oh my gosh, the geriatric community is amazing. And I'm super excited that you're interested in that. So I want to hear a little bit about that. How's that going? I'd have to say, even though I did kind of niche myself on my website, I don't know. No one's paying attention very much yet. It's not like I'm getting a lot of that community. I did try to, after talking to you, I signed up to teach teach some Qigong at the senior center. Good. And so I met some people there, very nice people. Nothing really came of it, but that's okay. I didn't get too down about it. 
I do get some that I would consider geriatric. I have a lady now that's contacting me that's 88 years old that wants to come in. And actually, she's coming through the Qigong group that I go to. She's big into martial arts and she was referred by the yoga husband's, the yoga teacher's husband that does Qigong. But yeah, honestly, even though I kind of put that niche out there, I don't feel like I'm getting a whole lot of that. But hey, I'm still getting patience. So, well, it just takes time too, right? You will. You will. Another good place that, so I, I live in a town that's full of retirees and my practice is just like across the parking lot from a tennis club. And you want to talk about like a social hub for senior citizens. That is, and senior people who want to keep moving. So yeah. they've filtered their way across the parking lot to see me. And it, and they love, they love the maintenance aspect even of like, cool, you can keep me, keep my knees from hurting so that I can keep mm-hmm. playing tennis. And so that's something I think that your pickleball, getting involved in the pickleball and maybe some tennis maybe do some talks at a tennis club or something. Yeah, it just takes time. Cultivation, yeah. you'll get it. It'll show up. It's good. So tell me, let's talk about your systems a little bit. So who, are you using an electronic health record system? I'm not. Okay. I have been starting very, very slow, not wanting to ju- just jump into everything. Yeah. Honestly, because my first three to four months were just snail's pace slow. I really looked at how I could work with my background in accounting and my love of Excel to, I kind of created, I'm just using Excel for my patient chart. Yeah. So I just built my own little spreadsheet of my charting and then I have a new tab for each patient. Super clever. I'm not using cloud-based or anything. And then I, I do paper charts and I and I end up typing it into Excel just because at this point I have time to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure at some point it'll get overwhelming mm-hmm. and I won't want to do both. Right. But I don't know because I'm Gen X. I, I still like the paper. <laughs> I still like to have paper in front of yeah. me. Well, there's no there's nobody saying that you can't still do paper. So you can still mm-hmm. do paper. You just have to follow the rules and lock it up, right? No. Yes. So yeah, I have a cabinet to lock it. And it was interesting. I had another acupuncturist in town call me and ask, do you do you use cloud-based or any kind of electronic charting? I said, no. She's like, okay, I'm going to send this patient to you because she's extremely concerned that her information is out on the cloud and she wants someone paper-based. So yeah. I said, yeah, send her over. Yeah. That is also, there's this whole, this is something that I found really interesting about the geriatric, you know, the older, the I don't even call it geriatric, the seniors, that generation, I've had them too, like I've sent them my electronic health record intake forms. Mm -hmm. And so you can just fill them out online and then shoot them back to me. And it freaks them out sometimes. They don't want texts. I have some older people that, that don't do texts, that don't do even do emails, which then you have to wrap yourself around to creating a whole new system too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, gosh, are you going to even answer your phone? Because it's a cell phone. Wow. That's a little, a yeah. whole different form of communication. But you're right. That's pretty interesting. That's cool that you got that. Yeah. I think that you do you. I think that's important. And when that becomes a little heavy for you and a little much, yeah, then you can change it. But here's something too. 
I'm going to say about that. Like when I started my practice, I did all things like I developed my own website and then I had to figure out how to use the electronic health records and set it up. It was so overwhelming. I was so tech overwhelmed at that point in time for the first three months and I was super clumsy and it was, it doubly, it made me like kind of double insecure because I was clumsy with electronic health records. And then I was slow with my diagnosis and thinking up points and treatments. So it just made me feel constantly clumsy for those first couple of months. It was really tough. No fun. Yeah. So good for you for doing it your way and taking it at your own pace. I think that's great. But um, I, I guess I am lacking in, um, I was talking to one of my friends and she, I think they use the Jane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jane's awesome. She, she was saying how it tells you, you know, patient retention rates and stuff. I was yeah. like, oh, that would be kind of nice. Like mine doesn't, obviously with Excel, <laughs> I would have to manually like just look yeah. at the chart throughout. I mean, you're missing so much by not using electronic health records because you get all of these amazing reports when, and I noticed that you might be taking insurance. We'll talk about that in a minute. But like, if you it really, it makes all of that so much easier. Everything is so much smoother. And Jane, Jane's great. Jane is as you will notice in the beginning of this podcast, is a sponsor. So how unique that we are talking about Jane. But the interface of Jane is so much easier than the other electronic health records that I have looked at. As far as if you're new, it's definitely the way to go. But billing insurance, it's going to make it 100 times easier because it can get complicated and the tracking and the sales. And, you know, you can interface it and do day reports when you're making enough money to like that you actually want to balance, have balance sheets and mm-hmm. putting all that into your accounting. Since you're an accountant, it's really easy to to flip it over and, and give it to oh. QuickBooks and the integrations, all of it. But honestly, when you're starting and like you said, you hardly had anything for the first three months. It's expensive. This is yeah. I couldn't justify the cost. Like if I'm not yeah. making it, <laughs> it feels expensive in the beginning. But then once you're making acupuncture treatment, like you're treating people, then it's totally worth it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, but there is this like little bridge where it's painful, and then <sighs> it becomes like, oh, this is amazing and great, and thank goodness I did it. And it's just part of business, and you. It's just one of those things that you have to pay for as part of business. But yeah. yes. It's definitely yes. on my radar. To, yes, to I, I highly suggest Jane. You can go look at other ones, you know, but Jane, it looks like, is the easiest to, to navigate for a beginner. Yeah. So anyway, that was my Jane plug. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about some of the challenges that you faced as a new practitioner. I think marketing like you, I'm, I'm not very tech savvy. I don't like technology. I don't... <laughs> I don't enjoy writing blog posts really, but everything I was reading, everything I was hearing was like, you need to write a blog post at least twice a month, maybe even more. And you need to be on Instagram and Facebook and all these places. And I was stressing out that I wasn't on the first page of Google. And I would go down rabbit holes someday and just be on the computer all day trying to figure out what to write for my blog. And how to better do SEO and all this stuff. And by the end of the day, I would just feel exhausted and like I wasn't getting anywhere. <laughs> so what did you learn from the SEO rabbit hole? Share that um, with us. I'm curious too. I had my website built, but the person who built it was very open to 
she wanted to teach me also how to up, keep up with my website, make any changes. And so she kind of taught me how to go in. And so I spent a good week at least, or maybe a couple here and there, going into each page that I had on my website and optimizing that for SEO. So I just did, I think it was some research, you know, on what I need to do. And the nice thing here in Coeur d'Alene, the, the North Idaho College has a small business unit. And for free, they will give you, and I think it was an hour every, you get to meet with like a business consultant and they help you along. So the, the lady that I got specialized in marketing. And so she gave me a bunch of great tips. She's specializes in SEO and Google. And so I honestly just went into each page and I made sure I had all the keywords that I wanted. I made sure Coeur was there, acupuncture was there, herbs were there. So that was time consuming. <laughs> How did you decide what the keywords were? I mean, I definitely felt like I wanted acupuncture as my keyword for most of my pages and Coeur mm-hmm. And so I use like WordPress and Bluehost and I have kind of a built-in SEO, like just the basic one in my website. And so each page of mine, it would give me an SEO rating. So it had me put in like a focus key phrase and then all of my other verbiage, it would kind of rate and give me a rating. Okay, this page gets 82 out of 100. And so I just made sure all of my pages were at least like above 80% for SEO. Okay, cool. And then so you... Let me ask you this and see if we can take this to a little 2.0. So you said that you were targeting the senior citizens. Did you SEO it for that? Ooh, I did not. Yeah, because if those people are looking, what words are they going to be using? What what are they going to be searching for? What are their physical challenges that they're going to be looking for? And how how are they going to also be looking yeah. Because you know, their language is a little different. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something I could do. I was yeah. more just trying to get people in my door for acupuncture. But yeah, I mean, maybe that, that's why I haven't had that community coming to me because they're not finding me. Maybe. Maybe. Like some blog posts. I know. I noticed that you did do a couple blog posts. So that's, yeah. that's good. Good job. Yeah. A couple blog posts on specific conditions and then utilize your mm-hmm. terms for them, like senior citizen community, blah, blah, blah. Like, um, yeah, whatever, however you want to search and figure out what those keywords are. So just a thought. Yeah. Just a thought. So that's great. So now that you have patients coming in, do you ask them how they heard about you and how is your SEO stuff working? Yeah, I definitely have that as one of like my first five questions on the intake is how did you find me? And most of them did say internet search. Sweet. Good and job. so I, I don't know how other than I followed the advice of the North Idaho College marketing guru. She just gave me tips on Google because I was like, how am I ever going to get on the first page of Google? Because everybody's telling me if I'm not on the first page, I'm never going to get nobody's ever going to come to me. So not but, true. Um, Just so you know, that's so not true. But go ahead. I know because I wasn't and people were coming to me. So I was like, okay, yes. this isn't so bad. But there for a while, I was obsessed. I was like, I have to get on the first page. And she okay. she told me things to do is make sure you get reviews. Mm-hmm. Make sure to post weekly in your Google business account. And so I've 
missed a few times, but I've been trying to do that every seven days. It will, I think it doesn't allow you to do it any more than every seven days. I have a reminder on my phone to post on my Google account, Google business. And it's just short. It doesn't take much of my time. I just find a catchy picture and I mention something like there for a while, once a week, I would go and I just said something about acupuncture. And then you can put a little button. You can either do a learn more button or a book now button. So I always put a button for people. And then the next week I talked about gua sha. And then the next week about cupping. And then the next week about tuning on. And then the next week about, you know, it just goes on and on. Great. And I'm on the first page of Google now. Nice job. I don't even know. That's all I've done, honestly. Well, that's all you had to do. That's not all. You said you were in a rabbit hole for a long time and you did a lot of work. That's not all. You did a lot of work there. That's a good job. She said it would take time. She said, honestly, part of it is just length of business. Yeah. Yeah. Be sure and go. Now you're changing locations, right? Didn't you mention that? Okay. So you have a new, your own new location coming up now? Not my own. I'm still sharing. I love okay. sharing space with another practitioner. Cool. Good. So be careful with all of your Google stuff that you make sure that you change all of your addresses and do a whole bunch of searches to make sure that all of the addresses everywhere got changed. Okay. I've moved yeah, as well. And it sometimes it's just uh, messy and it takes a while yeah. to catch That's everything. That's a up. bad feeling when somebody goes to the wrong place. You know, it's like, oh, then they, yeah. they want to blame someone and they're you're going to feel bad. Yeah. So careful with that. Any other challenges? Like, so, or no, let's talk about what else did, did you, have you done anything else for marketing? Like, that's a great start. That's really, I like that that was, that talked to you. And so that's where you mm-hmm. started. And then you said that you've met people at businesses. Yeah. I made sure that I met like a massage therapist and do trades. I try to do trades with people. I found a hairstylist that was I found her on Facebook and I noticed she was really into like all organic hair care and she was into nutrition and these things. And so I contacted her and we hit it off right away. And so we trade treatments and like I make some salves and she had a little, I think she moved locations. So she had a soft opening and she gave out my salves and business cards. So I just try to make sure I meet people that we have common interests and that we can kind of collaborate and I love it because I feel like it's fun. It's fun to yeah. meet these people. It's fun to build a relationship. And then I kind of made myself not care if they give me referral. It's like, I don't, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to care because that takes a while. I'm not going to stress about it. Yeah, well, and it is or organic it. like that. It comes up in conversations. Like that hair person will have somebody on her table at some point with a similar, like, oh, I get headaches. And she'll be like, mm, you got to go see Heidi. Sometimes that just takes a while. And so you're right. You're just cultivating and being patient with what comes up. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Good. And then I guess that there's a health fair coming up that I signed up, like I bought a booth for it. Did you? Good job. Yeah, and so I'm. that'll come up in May. And so I'm making little salve samples to hand out. They have like frankincense and myrrh and Corey Dallas in them. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and I bought it, had a bunch of pens made because it was kind of cheap. And I feel like, oh, anybody can always use an extra pen to write with. Sure. And it has my logo going on it. And I'll have brochures and I'll have little raffles and a drawing and just stuff to try and draw people in. Yeah, you want to try and collect email addresses somehow. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking 
I'll have this a spinny wheel with prizes on it, like 10% off or just different things. And mm-hmm. to be able to spin the wheel, they have to put their at their email address and yeah, great stuff down. Great. And Perfect. hopefully they don't give me a bogus one. <laughs> well, and they will. I mean, some of them will, but some of them won't. And it'll, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So that's great. Cool. Good job. That's Those are, especially for introverts, health fairs, I have found for me can be really draining. So be sure that you have support, somebody who's going to bring you something to drink or something to eat or that can watch the booth a little bit while you run Mm -hmm. to the restroom or walk around. Mm -hmm. And walking around and talking to other people, carry your cards with you and talk to other people too. That's a great way because that's what those people are there for as well. They're there to network. So be sure and talk to the other booths. Good. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good job. For me, those are hard, but I have friends that just like do just do them and do really well too. So that's great. Right? Yeah, I, I it got canceled back in. I think it was supposed to happen in September, mm-hmm. and I was so relieved, honestly, <laughs> when it got canceled. Yeah, those those for me, like if I were to do one, but this is just my experience, and this is based on my experience. Those are so much easier if you have a buddy. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, like that's where I would. And I don't have any acupuncture buddies here in the town that I live in, but I would be inclined to like pull in a massage therapist who wants to do chair massage or whatever, like, because that's a draw too. like having Mm -hmm. somebody there doing chair massage and let them advertise and share the costs. And then, and then you have someone to talk to and bounce stuff off of too. Like, yeah, I was thinking how weird is that going to be if I'm by myself staring out at people and you, I know when I'm at stuff like that, like, I don't want to go to that lonely person over there. That's (laughs) it's not weird. It's not weird. And it's not weird, but I've, what I've found too, because I'm also introverted and I can either have a tendency to like sit behind the table and hide. Mm -hmm. Or if you stand in front and just like, I took an acting class a long time ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was really horrifying and really scary. But I also learned how to like create characters, which sounds neurotic and scary and <laughs> weird. But but like extroverted Stacy, what does she look like? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, she she says hi to people as they walk by and hands them a free little thing of salve and, and says, hey, have you ever tried acupuncture or whatever? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to get... <laughs> yeah. What do they call that when you have like kind of a... Alter ego? Yes. I need an alter ego for that. You, you need the extroverted Heidi alter ego? Yeah. Activate. <laughs> yes. It takes practice and it takes a lot of energy, but um, mm-hmm. but it can be really good too. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's great. And then are you going to take insurance? Are you taking insurance? I do. Yeah. Okay. I pretty much just, Lindsay, the, the other acupuncturist that I am sharing space with, she is just so open and kind and... So she kind of walked me, I mean, she didn't spend a whole lot of time with me showing me insurance, but I literally just said, are you good with me copying what you do? (laughs) Like she's been in the market for a while and she knows that most people around here take Regent, have Regents, Blue Cross Blue Shield or Primera insurance. So I just copied her and I said, okay, I'm going to get a network with all three of those. And then they're all on Availity, which is like a provider portal that's really easy to use. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's been running smooth. I mean, there's some hiccups here and there that I'm still figuring out. But overall, I would say do it. It's, I mean, the only drawback, I guess, then is you have, you can't always set your own prices, right? Because 
or you can't give huge discounts. You can't like make those calls because it's insurance fraud. <laughs> you can't do trades. You have to be careful with your trades. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you need to just research it. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I don't mm-hmm. actually know for sure. It just really depends. But I, I have a tendency that you can't charge people different prices. That's the thing right. with insurance. So having trades is a is a different beast. So mm-hmm. just uh, yeah, research that. That's what I'm going to say about that. Just research that. Yeah. So that's been the only, that's been the major headache with insurance is like, for some reason, I do have some people that I feel like I would want to discount there when I, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. Like, I think yeah. you can do up to a 15% cash pay discount, but past that. Yeah. Yeah. That's limiting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I think as new practitioners, that's just part of the research part of deciding whether you're going to take insurance or not. And that's, that is the other thing too, like you're in Idaho and that is like pretty much the way it goes. There's pretty much two major insurance carriers, Blue Cross Blue Shield and Regions Blue Shield are the major ones. And there are others, but those are the big ones. So I think that's great. So far it's good. I think like Maybe 60% of my patients are insurance. Great. And it's been working like clockwork like so far. Good. (laughs) Good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that because it helps people. I mean, it's nice that you can use your insurance. So tell me, I'm curious about this. I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I've made some shifts in my own career again. And every time I do that, I have to sit down and reevaluate all aspects of my life and what my vision of success is. So I'm curious, what's your vision of success for your career? What do you think? Mm -hmm. Are you talking like patient count or? I'm talking about you, anything, you. I mean, I'm loving working three days a week. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I see myself working five. Just the laundry. I don't know how you do your clinic, but we do full sheets. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a massage. We don't have the paper and stuff. So it is a lot of laundry. And I feel like my days in between, I'm just doing laundry. That's all I'm doing. So my vision of success for myself would be working three days a week. I don't know. I, I know and I need to sit down and have this vision. I, I've listened to your podcast about the vision. I know I started it, but I never finished it. Yeah. I don't have that like, number out there because I I do have a bit of guilt about setting a number and saying I want to make x amount of money I have some of this guilt about making money and I know I can't be the only one because I've heard other people talk about it (laughs) a lot of people have money challenges money Mm -hmm. mentality challenges and that's okay if you know it I highly suggest getting over it Making a lot of money just means you helped a lot of people. That's true. There's nothing wrong with saying, I want to make $200,000 a year. Doesn't make you Mm -hmm. greedy. It doesn't take money away from other people. It just means you helped a hell of a lot of people. And that's important and good. So, yeah. So I need to get a better grasp on what my, my idea of success is, but definitely just working three days a week and, but making the money that I want. I don't know. There, I think there's a fine balance because right now, I think the most people I've seen in one day is seven or eight. And sometimes Great. that's a little bit exhausting. 
Yeah. But I think I would like to have the capacity to do more. And I think it just comes with time with being quicker with diagnosis and picking, choosing points and becoming more comfortable. The more people you treat, I think I would be able to get faster and maybe see someone every 30 minutes and maybe see 14 people a day. Yeah. Are you running two rooms or are you running one room? I just recently started renting a second room to where I can, I could see someone every 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. It's not bad. It's not that much different. It's good. What's going to change that is um, updating your antiquated systems because those those other systems are a little faster. It's going to be changing your systems will help you become quicker. Yeah. I think it's going to be time soon to update that system of Excel. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's great. It was genius. It's a great solution for as long as it's HIPAA compliant for what you started with. It's fine. Why spend all that extra money? But but once you start seeing more people having systems, even just like how you move through your your office, where you put things, how you like if you just create a system for every single thing, mm-hmm. then it's just automatic and you, it doesn't take mind space to do things. Right. Yeah. And that's what right burns you out. Office. Yeah. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? Yeah. Right now, my energy is a bit scattered with things in different places, like having a paper file and then also having it in Excel and making sure everything's updated because I want it in Excel in case a fire happens and I lose all these. But it it, it does take take a lot of energy to have paper file and put it in Excel, you know, type it in there. And then too, like having systems around how your patients schedule or if you schedule them successions right all at once, then you only have to do that one time versus mm-hmm. getting them scheduled and collecting their money every single time they go out the door. Like that takes time. That takes yeah. a lot of time. That adds up. That's true. So all of those systems, and those are systems that I don't think that as a beginner, as a new practitioner, that you really need to have. But as you start getting busier, then it's important. And that's actually really cool because I think... I should bring on a seasoned, like a practitioner that's been in practice for 10 to 20 years who has some really great systems and can give us some great tips because I don't have all the systems that are in great order. I'm slow. I'm still slow, (laughs) but I'm okay with that. Like, right. Yeah. I'm okay with it so far too. Yeah. But eventually it's prohibitive as far as like, it's just not necessary. Just not Mm -hmm. necessary. So cool. Well, any other challenges that you've had to overcome? I guess the only other thing is that I know that other people must deal with is sometimes if we, if a patient doesn't come back, you know, Mm. you don't have that patient retention, not letting myself get in my head and create some sort of huge story like this is why they didn't come back. I did this wrong. I mean, I think it is a good time to reflect on what we could be doing differently. Maybe there is a reason that they didn't come back. Maybe I didn't explain something properly but not letting myself create this huge story in my head and get really down about it. Yeah. So what are you doing? Like, what are you doing to foolproof that? Like, do you have things that you do so that, I guess what I'm saying is instead of, I'll just say it, like, do you create a treatment plan? Do you schedule them? There are six visits when they like, how many visits are in your standard treatment plan when you explain it to them? And then do you get those all on the schedule the first visit? No. 
Yeah, that's so, yeah, big. That's definitely a big thing. I usually just schedule them the next next one out and that's it. And then the, the next time they come in, I schedule the next one out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is my little coaching tip. Coaching tip mm-hmm. 101. So <laughs> there's a flow to this, right? And this is this is also takes some time to become comfortable with the languaging. And mm-hmm. so, and I, I, I'm going to preface this with like, not, not, uh, you guys know this, like not everything that I say is going to pertain to you because it may just not be you, may not be your personality. So take it if you want and leave it, but a really great flow and something that has worked very well in my practice is, is that 20 minute consult, which I noticed that you have on your website. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. And during that 20 minute consult, I talk about how like acupuncture is not a one hit wonder. It's lovely when that happens, but please don't have that expectation. It usually takes about, depending on what's going on with you. And we all know this, like I'm not telling you guys anything that you don't know or probably hiding anything that you don't know, but you know, just explaining if it's acute, then hopefully we can, you'll get well more quickly. If it's chronic, it may take longer, but I always like to start my patients with six visits from the beginning because it it can take that long. Sometimes it can take that long before we see some changes. If we don't see any changes in that first six visits, then we'll reevaluate and maybe I need to, we need to keep treating longer or maybe you need to be referred out and we'll decide it at visit six. But I like to see my patients six times and I like to see my patients twice a week for the first three weeks because acupuncture builds on itself and you're going to get more out of your investment and if we do it that way, if you can, if you can't, then we just do once a week. But it definitely, if you're going to spend this kind of money to get better, then it just works better if we do it back to back like that. And so they haven't even scheduled yet. They're not even my patient yet, but now they know that we're going to, and I always say too, and there are things that we're going to work on together. You're going to get better if you listen to me and I'm going to offer up some lifestyle changes, perhaps, maybe not, but sometimes I do and we're working together on this. So it's not just me treating you. And then I say, hey, do, are you, would you like to schedule? And then when they schedule, they're already, it's already in their heads. So then when they come in for that first visit, we schedule out the six mm-hmm. and they're less likely to not show. Oh yeah, but, that's good. But you do have to find... And it takes a couple times before you're confident with like, I see people six times. You have to be okay with them going, no. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, great, because you're not for me. That's okay. You're not, you're not my patient. You're not the kind of patient that I want to see because the truth is you don't want, you want people in for six. You want people to get better so that they go talk about it. And if they come in for two and they don't get better, they go talk about that. Yeah, that's true. And so you don't want them to go talk about how acupuncture didn't work and they came to see you. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, that's very true. And yeah, that's that's something I definitely need to work on. It is hard. It is. I'm not very salesy and I'm sure you're that's, not either. But was that salesy or was that no. just information? No, it wasn't salesy. It's I just, just, you know, it's, have it's that just fear. Like, oh, I should get them to trust me first and then like I'll tell them. But I get it that you should just be upfront with people and tell them from the get-go. And if it's not for them, then they weren't going to be your patient anyways, like you say. Yeah, it goes back to, there's this, there's this really great book. I'm trying to find it. Hang on. Oh yeah, okay. So there's this really great book called Book Yourself Solid. And it talks about, he talks about the red carpet. I don't know, just how like you don't want everybody. You don't want everybody. 
you're hungry right now because you're new and you want to make money and you want people in, but you don't want everybody. You want the few that are going to be excited about what you do, that are going to be on board with your plan, that are happy to pay you. And those people are going to talk, but you don't, you don't want people who aren't on board. And so you kind of have to like filter them. That's the whole point of that consultation is to filter. And it's okay to say, you know what? I don't actually think that we're a good match, but I'm happy to refer you to so-and-so who specializes in blah, 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 and can probably help you. So you need to have like a couple of people in your head that you can refer people to if you don't want them. Mm-hmm. And that's, there's no shame in that either because you're doing them a service because they're going to get treated better by that person anyway. So referring people out too is great. But yeah, it does take practice. And I encourage you, you're, you're calling it salesy. You just want to give the best treatment to people that you possibly can. Right. And the best treatment includes six treatments or 10 treatments in the beginning. And if they don't buy it, then they're not your patient. If they're not interested, they're not your patient. And 60% of your people are insurance anyway. So they're not going to go, mm, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. You got this. You got that. Mm-hmm. Little changes. Little changes. And people don't... I'm going to share the one that I've struggled with lately is that not everybody gets better. That's one that that kind of blew me up a little bit a couple months ago. Is mm-hmm. that... I had uh, one or two patients that just didn't get better. And that was really hard for me, even though I'm not responsible, right? Like I'm responsible for providing the best treatment that I possibly can. I'm responsible for, if they don't get better, for having some referral bases to send them to and making sure that they continue care and try and find something that's going to work for them. But I'm also responsible for educating myself and giving them the best possible treatment. But ultimately, I mean, I think this person just had a musculoskeletal issue that probably needed surgery, that there was just something that was occluding. There was a a whole physical deficit that wasn't Mm going to be fixed with needles. But yeah, that was my, that was a challenging one for me. Yeah. So what words of advice? I think it's, I think it's, this is a good, good time to kind of close it down a little bit. What, what words of advice do you have for new practitioners based on your experience? I guess I would say if you are in a good community that if you've already built a community kind of where you are, stay where you are, <laughs> you know, cause it's hard moving to a brand new place. I think you went through the same thing. Uh, moving to a new place, not knowing anybody, it can really, I mean, it is character building and it's not impossible. I'm still happy that I did it, but it did create a whole lot. I guess it created more maybe tears and sadness than if I would have been in a place where I had a good support system already. But I've met great people. And then hmm, what other advice? For me, like for me, just starting starting slow as far as like not going out and purchasing everything like I could possibly ever need. I would say go that route because sometimes you buy stuff and it, and later you're thinking, I'm never going to use that. Or why did you're just not getting the patients that you thought you would. Like I bought all these herbs and I don't necessarily regret it, but I wish I would have taken the advice of some other people who told me, hey, like kind of wait and see what patients you have and then start buying your formulas. Because I have all these formulas that I've bought that 
might expire at some point. And um, I'm just not getting those patients yet. I don't have people that need certain formulas that I bought. <laughs> Great advice. Great advice on both. And I absolutely agree with both. If you're already in a, don't move. (laughs) (laughs) No, a lot of people are going to move, but just understand that moving and going a place where nobody knows you and you don't know anybody and you're having to grow both your personal community and your business community at the same time does cause a lot of insecurity and tears Mm -hmm. and stress and yeah insecurity was the word i was looking for (laughs) it's it is it it made me insecure on both parts too because i was trying to over here make friends and that's hard and find a place where i was accepted into a community and then also trying to break into the business community and it's icy here it's not i'm glad Mm cordelaine's friendly is not it's not (laughs) it's icy They call it the Seattle freeze, this whole corridor up I-5 is not friendly. So, but yeah. And then the emotions of both just crashing all, uh, yeah, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. And you're right, it's character building, but it's not something that I would wish on anybody. So be careful about that. So if you're new and you're having to make those choices, maybe choosing a place where you have some community might be a really beneficial choice financially as well. And I also super agree with not spending a bunch of money in the beginning. I I see people take out huge loans for these gorgeous practices and these beautiful buildings with multiple treatment rooms and you don't even have patience yet. And I'm like, you're already $5,000 a month in, like, in the hole. Like that's yeah, crazy. a lot of pressure and, and you don't... You don't know how you'll react to that. You know, hopefully your your character would stay intact and you wouldn't do anything that you would regret later. But if you get desperate at some point, like I have to pay this rent, I need patience, you know, you might yeah. get into situations you don't want to. And so I feel really blessed to have, I would say if you are going to move, call, like call as many people as you can. And hopefully someone will answer your phone call. I got lucky <laughs> yeah. that one person, the one person that answered was yeah. the person I would be sharing space with. And then, yeah, sharing space is a a lovely way to start just because you're not dumping so much money into it to begin with and stressed out about that. Yeah, I've said that before too. It's really nice to have just another person, another body, another acupuncturist around. So nice. So good. I mean, I did struggle a little bit with some feelings of envy, you know, when I would know that she's booked solid and I have no one and I'm thinking. (laughs) So there's that to be careful of, like... But yeah, we all feel that way. Yeah. I get a little bitter because there are practitioners in this town that have wait lists. And Mm -hmm. same here. And that that just blows my mind. So any practitioners who are senior practitioners who have 20 years of experience and have wait lists that are listening, like when you're a new practitioner, knowing that just I don't even part of me is I'm not going to lie, kind of judgmental about that because of course, it's fine to have a couple people on your wait list, but really to have like a, a three-month wait list, why wouldn't you just refer them out to new practitioners or pr- other practitioners? Like, Yeah, share the love. Well, the, I, not only that, to, it, is that good patient care? Like, how is yeah. that good patient care? Yeah, and honestly, that's how I've gotten a lot of my business. Thankfully, most practitioners here are like that. They have, they're booked out solid for two months. And so when patients hear that and then I answer the phone and I say, I can get you in next week, then they're like, all right, I'm there. Great. 
Great. So your SEO stuff paid off. So congratulations, because that's awesome. That's the introvert way. Good job. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I almost would entertain calling the other acupuncturists and saying, hey, if you, I, I'm open and I ha- I'm new. If you want to meet me, like if you want to do a trade, I would love it if you would refer your overflow to me. That would be great. Mm-hmm. You know, don't offer them anything. <laughs> right. I I'm just saying that because, because that's not legal. You can't, you can't, mm-hmm. um, you can't. Right. That. That's, yeah. It's, it's illegal, but. But to take their overflow or, or serve their population, that would be helpful. But anyway, yeah, yeah, that's something that really frustrates me too. Like, I just don't understand that. When I was a massage therapist and I was overbooked, I always referred people would call me. I didn't put them on a wait list. Mm-hmm. I was like, you need to call these three people because their their massage is similar to mine and they're really great and they're mm-hmm. awesome people and they'll try and get you in too. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it's just a matter of meeting those other acupuncturists. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I would maybe put that next on your list. Like I'm going to go just have coffee with these people. Mm -hmm. Maybe not even with the intention of trying to get their overflow, but just let them know that you're available for, you're taking patients right now. And maybe they just will. Yeah. Good choice. Good try. (laughs) <laughs> Something that you could do is, but this is a very pretty, kind of an extroverted maneuver is get together, is do an acupuncturist get together. Mm-hmm. So you could do like a happy hour, acupuncture happy hour and invite everybody to happy hour because we do like to get together and talk to each other. We are all kind of nerdy in the same way. So, I mean, you might throw a happy hour acupuncture party and invite everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that restrictions are lifted, yeah. Yeah, so, or just go make sure it's outside. (laughs) All right, well, thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time and all of your awesome insight as a new practitioner. And I wish you the best of luck and most success that in your vision of success, whatever that (laughs) may be. Work on that. that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Heidi. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Stacey. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate you guys. And if you appreciate this podcast, it would be amazing if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a great review. And if you don't like what I'm doing, then that's okay. No worries. Just skip it.